What if we entered into a new Dark Age era? All power, satellite, and communications have all disappeared. In the modern era, have the FNMI communities lost touch with the land and became too dependent on modern technologies that they would not be able to survive a large-scale catastrophe? This is an original podcast written and produced by Connor McTaggart on the book Moon of the Crusted Snow by Wagabish Rice. This book attempts to answer our essential question. The story takes place in a remote northern Ontario Anishinaabe community in the late fall, where they lose all communications and contact from Canada and the rest of the world, leaving them to survive on their own. In the past, they are used to hydro going out or their cell phones, but they've never experienced all sources of power and communications together going down and leaving them in complete darkness. They soon realize that there is no help coming and that they quickly arrange a meeting with the band council to come up with a plan. The plan included to turn on the diesel generators, ask people to conserve power, and they started taking food inventory in everyone's houses. However, they know that the generators will only last till about mid-February. Further proof to this community that there's been a very large catastrophe is when two of the community youths that were away in the southern town, Gibson, while attending college, made their way back home and described to the band council that the bleak conditions that they experienced in the south, with total chaos where there was no hydro nor communications and a complete breakdown of all civil services were gone. There is no doubt now that they have to survive on their own. Further complicating their situation is the arrival of a mysterious, white, large, aggressive man named Scott, who is armed, but also comes equipped with supplies, food, tools, and a large sled full of alcohol, cigarettes, and he quickly endures himself with the council who agree to let him stay, as he will help the community to hunt, trap, and also pull his weight for the winter. We quickly see similarities from history of the white man's first encounters with the indigenous population, promising goods for trades that will greatly benefit the indigenous people. But we know quickly it turns into benefiting the white man by taking over the community's land and way of life. Scott is the metaphor for the white man, as in our society, he promises to help out, but ends up dividing the community people he holds parties where he offers or trades alcohol and cigarettes to make himself look like a decent, fun person to have around. Also, when the arrival of four more white people show up, Scott and the Bounce Band Council go to meet them. But as the leader of these four comes forward to the chief, Scott immediately shoots him and kills him. But he proclaims to the new arrivals that the chief is in charge and to listen to him. But his real message? is that Scott's in charge. This is a further metaphor of the white man claiming this town, and Scott, we find out, has a plan for when the food runs out. I am here with Terry McGeese, the Anishinaabe chief, and it is now two years since their community has lost all power. 
my first question to you, Terry, is how did you and your community survive after being dependent on the world's modern infrastructure and technology? Well, Connor, it's been a real struggle over the past two years, and we have lost many of our friends and relatives from our community. But we believe we have come together and are working to relearn the skills and knowledge of our ancestors from those who still know the old ways. And our community has been reborn. You are not living at the reserve location anymore. Why do you feel you could not stay there any longer? Our ancestors were displaced from our original homeland in the south by the whites that put us here. Without modern services, this community is dead. The spirit that we were trying to keep alive is also gone, and we feel we had to take charge of our own destiny and get back to our roots. Therefore, a core of dedicated people left together and worked endlessly to make our settlement. After such a large catastrophe, Terry, how do you ensure the survival of your community? We are a proud and strong people. We will survive. We have been displaced many times and we are still here. We are teaching our young how to hunt, to trap, to make shelters, learn traditional medicines from plants, learn how to make our own clothing and preserve food for the winter. We are teaching our young not to be greedy and to be prepared for winter. Thank you, Terry, for joining us and providing us with insight into your rebirth of your community. Thank you, Connor, for having me on your podcast. In conclusion of today's podcast, you can see that it is essential for the FNMI communities to preserve their traditions, teachings, cultures, and be self-reliant in order to ensure their continual existence, as without their culture and identity, they become lost and their communities will degrade and fail. By maintaining their culture, it balances out the relying so much on modern technology that we know can let you down. The modern conveniences are contrary to the connection with the land, as the FNMI communities need to hunt, build shelters that can survive in the winter, and all the modern conveniences made life easy and simple. But there is a huge cultural cost. We are the fighting in addiction to technology all around the world, causing us all to lose our touch with the land. This is an original writing and podcast produced by Connor McTaggart with special guest appearance Shannon McTaggart's voice for Terry McGee's. You can find this podcast at anchor.ca. Mm-hmm.